0: This morning, we hear from the Gospel of Luke, and we hear again the story of Jesus entering the city of Jerusalem. Let us open our ears, our minds, our imaginations, and listen across time and space to hear God's wisdom in these words. After he had said this, he went on, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Just say this, The Lord needs it. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd, they said to him, Teacher. Order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. The good news of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God.
1: One of the blessings of preaching from a manuscript is also tied with the curses of printer troubles. (laughs) Grateful this morning for the gift of technology. This morning, we commemorate Jesus's arrival in Jerusalem. It's a parade that is dripping with dramatic irony It's a farce of the military procession that's happening at the other end of the city for the emperor. And trotting in on a lowly donkey, greeted with palm fronds and hopeful pleas of, Hosanna, save us! Jesus is marching towards his death. He is riding the donkey on the highway to the danger zone. And yet this scene has the import that it does, not because of what is happening in the moment, but because of what paths they have traveled to that point and what still lies ahead. The people in the crowd cry out for Jesus to save them because of all that Jesus' ministry has encompassed so far. We understand the sense of foreboding, and that context because of Jesus' impending arrest and crucifixion. The Palm Sunday procession is a snapshot in time that would be meaningless if it were not for Jesus' ministry that preceded it and his death and resurrection that follow. Today we are also celebrating our two confirmation students and the journey that they have traveled up until now. We talked in confirmation class about who God is to us, who Jesus is to us. We explored the Holy Spirit, our sacred texts. We tried on different spiritual practices for size. We talked about the covenant of church membership. We made church timelines where we reflected back on our life in the church and our faith throughout the different stages of our lives and lifted up significant moments changes, and milestones along that journey. The faith exploration that is central to the confirmation process also leads up to the drafting of a statement of faith. This project is less about the final product or what specifically is articulated in those statements than it is about the process of putting it together in the first place. It can be surprisingly difficult to put our faith into words, let alone complete, coherent sentences. And I'm curious, how many of you have written your own custom faith statement before? Raise your hand if you have. So Take a look around. It's not that many of us. It's some, some folks who grew up and had confirmation practices that did, us, that, did that, but not a lot of us. Now, how many of you would be willing to write a custom faith statement and then present it from the pulpit to the congregation? And if so, let me know, because then we can sign you up to deliver one of our summer homilies. (laughs) The confirmation process is about setting time aside to intentionally explore where our faith journeys have led us so far and to practice articulating our faith in a way that is authentic and unapologetic. Our congregation has enjoyed hearing and learning from our confirmation students' faith statements, and yet we too know that their value comes not from the delivery of the final product from this pulpit, but in all that has led up to it. And that's why part of the way through this year, our teachers, students, and parents collectively affirmed that these faith statements would be shared in our class and that we as a congregation would focus our affirmation and attention on the journey that our confirmation students have traveled rather than the specific fruits of those journeys. This has been a tumultuous couple of years for our children and youth so much of whose lives are already dictated to them These past couple of years have often been punctuated with even further loss of agency and connection. The ability to choose privacy is an increasingly rare opportunity in an internet age, where even in a private, hidden Facebook group or group chat, your words can be screenshotted, downloaded and preserved without your knowing permission or control. In class, we talked about the privilege of choice and of claiming the identities that feel right for us at any given moment in time. Every single one of us has or will have some practice at this. There were times in our lives when we identified as just a baby. And then one day we defiantly asserted that we were now a big kid. And for those of us even older, there was a time when young adults stopped feeling quite as true to who we were, and adult simply sufficed. Any 18- or 19-year-old can likely relate to an identity that feels precarious, in flux, feeling like an adult one day and a teenager the next, sometimes both at the same time. Our religious identities are similar. When I got confirmed, I remember that my faith statement included a belief in reincarnation as a way to understand the universal salvation that some part of me was sure was God's truth, and still is, though I understand it differently now. And so this morning, our two confirmation students will not be getting confirmed. They will be declaring their identities in a space that is welcoming and safe for them, that they have entrusted with that identity that is in flux, with their growing faith and spirituality. And we will be affirming them because we know just how precious it is to have a place to do that. Jesus reminds us that the public expression of our faith and practice matters less than our relationships to ourselves and our neighbors and to the divine. When you pray, do not stand on the corner and pray loudly. Pray in private to God who hears you in private, Jesus says. In progressive Christianity, we emphasize the importance of an examined faith. Many of us have seen firsthand the harm that unquestioning adoption of doctrine can enact. To have examined our faith and arrived at a conclusion that the label of Christian doesn't quite feel authentic to our identity at this moment in time, and to make that known amidst a Christian community that has held us since birth, is both a profound statement on the safety acceptance and love that we feel within a community and it is also the mark of a courageous and faith-filled journey that prioritized growth, understanding, and authenticity over any sense of expectations, tradition, or going with the flow to affirm and celebrate the journeys that do not lead to the choice to get confirmed adds weight and import to the journeys that do, because we affirm that confirmation is a choice freely made and the farthest thing from being just a formality that marks the conclusion of confirmation class. And as much as our students who do choose to get confirmed are reminded that this is not a binding decision, And that their identities are theirs to grow and evolve and change as their faith journeys haven't stopped here as their faith journeys continue onward excuse me our students who choose not to get confirmed know that their faith journeys haven't stopped here and that their identities will also grow and evolve and shift and you can look over to this wall of on the sanctuary under the windows after worship and catch a glimpse of some of the tapestry of faith that our confirmation class presented at our retreat last weekend. And here is a little bit more. In no particular order or organization our confirmands reflected on the way that they see church as a ritual of connecting, and the way that it's easy to take things for granted when you are so used to them. They talked about exploring different mediums of faith and what that has done for their faith journeys when they experience God and spirituality through books, practices, musical theater. Talked about feeling distant from Jesus. How hearing talk of Jesus all the time can feel desensitizing. This feeling of getting so caught up in the words that maybe we lose the meaning. We heard a conframan talk about how traditional images of God and Jesus never felt that comforting, how they always wanted to think of God as a mother, as earth, even if for part of their lives they thought maybe that was against the rules. They knew that that was right for them and their relationship with God. Confirmands reflected an intrigue at the different interpretations of the divine across generations and cultures. They reflected that this church is a community that gathers to be friends, to have fun, to make intergenerational friendships, that over time, the weight and importance of that felt more serious and immediate. They spoke of changes in their faith coming in as quickly as a sudden summer storm, They evoked the ways, the images that they relate to God as a cloud, something that is natural and always there. They talked about a struggle with seeing God and sometimes thinking the only ways they see God are in the things that God does in the world. They reflected thinking of the Holy Spirit like orange dust similar to the marigold petals in the movie, Coco. Small and powerful, it fits into the cracks. They spoke of the spirit as source, as love, as the feeling of taking a deep breath of fresh air after being in a sweaty mask all day. As the light within us all, they spoke of the Holy Spirit somehow feeling the most accessible of the Trinity because of the spiritual practices that we can engage in, and sometimes feeling the most distant for how little we talk about it, the neglected middle child. They spoke of the importance that liturgical calendars have come to have in their spirituality, the way that we use external markers of time and ritual to give ourselves a sense of rhythm a pattern of our connection to ourselves and to God. They talked about feeling a deep-seated connection with their inner spirituality and with the divine and just not feeling quite at home in the label of Christian right now. They talked about how it can be so easy to ignore some of the hard questions but realizing that they were yearning for something more than a simple faith. They reflected that this United Parish community is a family of people who intentionally practice faith together, that they can believe in church community, in togetherness, friendships, in nurturing, and support, in the ways that we pass the peace and greet one another with our many retreats, getting to watch children grow over the years, the intentional inclusion that we practice. They spoke of being at our potlucks and watching new tables being born as people connect with each other. They spoke about how this church community is more than just religion. That it can be so easy at times to feel out of place when talking about a religion that doesn't connect with you and yet it is so important to have a place where you can feel at home in community. And they lifted up that this community is home. Mostly what I saw was an incredible display of reflection, self-love, self-advocacy of grappling with faith in the way that our foreparent Jacob did. I saw affirmations, I saw questions, I saw theological statements that I could only have hoped to have heard in my seminary classes. I invite you just to take a moment and look around at this community gathered here to know that we are all on this journey, that where we are right now is not where we were a week ago. It's not where we will be a week from now. And after worship, as you take a look at some of the fruits of our confirmation retreat and perhaps have conversations with our confirmation students, I invite you to think about where you are on your faith journey how it has changed over the course of your life or even over the course of this pandemic. Perhaps go home and write a church timeline for yourself and reflect on some of those milestones in your journey. And then look ahead to the many paths in your faith and spirituality that lie ahead of you. And know that we are all journeying on those together. Amen.